Welcome back, everybody, to the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Make sure you guys check out the our brand new website. It just went up live about a week ago for brand new blogs and podcasts. We're hoping to put up podcasts at least once a week. And uh, we're also now live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, so you guys can follow us on there. Make sure to check out our brand new Twitter page, at GTD underscore sports. And uh, check out our, follow our personal accounts as well. Mine is at RyanBunnell8 and Elijah. I'm at Elijah Spans. And if you want to follow along with all of our picks along the future, we'll also be talking about that in our gambling edition of the podcast. But make sure to follow us on the Action Network. You can just search us by full name and you'll find us there. And that'll let you keep track of our latest picks and how we're doing and everything. Tail or fade us, the choice is up to you. But I recommend you uh, tail us because... We're doing pretty darn good lately. And last but not least, subscribe to the brand new GTD Sports newsletter to make sure you guys get emails every time we post a new episode. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. We got a great episode planned for you today. We're going to... It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be really good. We're going to get into some great topics, such as a recap of the divisional round, a preview to the championship games, in NFL coaching hires, fantasy football season recap, Connor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the idea of esports becoming more popular. What the fuck is that? And then finally, Lionel Messi's situation and his transfer rumors. That's it, guys. Let's go ahead and uh, hop right into it. So Let's get right into this, bitch. First off, we want to start talking about uh, the divisional weekend that we just had. It was a couple of great games. Tom Brady came out on top, but uh, a few few sorrows along the way, such as Patrick Mahomes going down. What did you think about the weekend, Elijah? I thought it was a great weekend of football. Um, it didn't quite live up to the hype as we thought it was going to, um, but we definitely saw a couple of good games. The Buffalo game was really entertaining, even though it was low scoring. Um Cleveland almost pulled it out. They should have won that game. Like uh, they, the Chiefs were wanting them to win that game, and they said no. Uh, yeah, honestly, at the end, it was it was anybody's game. I was nervous. <laughs> Packers are as dominant as ever. Uh, they're my pick to win the Super Bowl. I don't even care who they're facing. I'm picking Packers to win right now. And then, um, mm. and uh, old man Breeze, his shoulder just couldn't do it, man. In that Saints game, it yeah, just... he he kind of gave out. It's it's sad to see that too, because uh, I mean that that was probably the last time we'll ever even see him play. Yeah, it was just it was tough to watch at times. And I mean, three picks. I, I think that's less of a testament to Bucks defense. They have a good defense. Devin White can ball, but yeah, it's when you can't throw it fifteen yards outside of from where you're throwing it from. Like it's it's hard to you know. Noodle arm. It becomes easy to defend at that point. It's the noodle yeah. arm, man. Ugh. I'm also curious to see what they're going to do with the quarterback situation once Breeze leaves. Assuming he leaves this season. I saw a clip of uh, Breeze on the sideline talking to Jameis Winston, and he said, this is your team now. But I don't know, though, because it seems like the Saints coaching staff loves to ride with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean, he... The reason why he got those starts, remember, it came out because Sean Payton said, you know, he just wanted to know. Yeah. So, did he find out? Like, 
I guess I guess that's what we're gonna know during the off season if Taysom Hill, because Taysom Hill signed a two year deal. If you remember, he's still on contract next year. Yeah, exactly. Jameis Winston, I don't think he's on contract. He only signed a one year deal, right? Oh yeah, you might be right actually. Yeah, so Jameis Winston's only on a one year deal, so he might not even come back. Yeah, because Hill is gonna be on that team no matter what. Yeah, his plan was to to go to the Saints and then eventually head to another team after this one year stint and possibly be a starter but it looks like nobody else would really want him as a starter right now i mean maybe he cleared out his head and got those got the turnover uh bug out of his system or who knows i mean i mean he looked electric on the one throw he had all year so yeah or in the postseason he had some relief duty when breeze got hurt i don't i didn't watch that so i didn't really know but i mean he looked good on that bomb yeah it was Um, a hell of a play I mean, Sean Payton's going to bring it, but uh, that was that was like the one entertaining play the Saints offense had that entire day. So Yeah, it kind of made me happy, though, that the uh, Saints had, had a sluggish day on offense because I took the under of 52, and it they got to 50, so I was sweating there at the end. Yeah, I had a... I had, I had Bucks plus three, and it happened to me again, Ryan. I, ta- I told you last week how the first game of the weekend led to my parlay not hitting because I would pick every single game. Mm-hmm. Well, this weekend I had Rams plus six and a half. That didn't hit, but the rest of my picks did. See, I, to me I feel bad. I feel bad for your parlay because, you know, of course I want to see you win, but at the same time, I happen to have Packers minus six and a half. So yeah. I was happy with the win there, but I get it. I hate to see your parlay go down. <laughs> no, I think it was halfway through the second quarter. I said, fuck. It's gonna happen to me again. Yeah, you could you could just tell by the way the game was going. Oh, the Packers are so good, but I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm eight and two in playoffs so far. I just wanna I just wanna float that out there for game picks. I'm eight and two, so for your individual game picks, like you, you should tell. Uh, I I forget what I went in a wild card weekend, but I know I went four and one overall last weekend, including my one prop bet which was a stupid prop bet, shouldn't have made it, but the odds were juicy, and I thought I would win. It happens. Those prop bets, that's where they get you. Yeah, for sure. Vegas knows how to make their money. Yeah, one of the things I'm bummed out to see about during the divisional round was uh, Patrick Mahomes going down. That really makes me curious to see what's going to happen next week for the Chiefs because if there's no Mahomes, they might be shit out of luck. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see the best player in the league go down like that. Yeah, like I mean, no matter if you're a Chiefs fan, Bills fan, I mean, even the Bills Mafia, I saw they were sending like positive uh, messages and stuff on social media. But the Bills just have one of the best fan bases. They've always been super cool. But yeah, it, that just sucks to see. Yeah, I mean, I even at Browns plus 10, I don't even want to see that shit. You know? Yeah. It's. Uh, it's you know, in any sport for that matter. I mean, when LeBron went down and missed the playoffs for like the first time in, I don't know, decades, uh, his first year with the Lakers, everybody hated it. So like, just anytime you see a superstar go down like that, it's just, it's bad for everyone. Yeah. You know, nobody wins in that situation. So hopefully he can play next week against the Bills because that'll give us a lights out game. If he doesn't play, then Bills are going to the Super Bowl and they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> See, I don't know. I disagree with you there. My uh, one of the things I'm most proud about is my my Super Bowl prediction is still alive. So, I I picked the Bills. I said it in the last podcast. I had the Bills and the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. 
they're still alive. Whether it happens is still be determined. We'll see. But I've got faith in Josh Allen. I think this is the Bills team of destiny. So do you still think the Bucks are gonna? Do you think the Bucks will beat the Packers though? I see. That's the one I'm more nervous about. I honestly, I mean, I know everybody's all high on the Chiefs because of Mahomes magic and everything. They have a great offense, yada yada. But I don't know. I just have faith in the Bills this year. I think they're gonna do it. But I am nervous about the the Packers because they look really damn good. But the only reason I'm going with the Bucks is because I'm a little Brit, a little bit of a Tom Brady lover. He's the GOAT, greatest of all time. I don't care if you think he's a cheater. You're just mad because he's better than your favorite quarterback. I mean, <laughs> system QB, right? Nah, dude. If he, no, that's, why, that's why I want him to go to the Super Bowl is honestly just to break that stereotype of system QB because if he makes it to the Super Bowl, then literally his first year out of New England, he made the Super Bowl while New England missed the playoffs. Well, I think he's already proved it by going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you're right. Fair point. Fair point. I I mean, because look at it. Pats are out of the playoffs. He's playing in the NFC Championship game his first year away from him. So I think think he's already proved his point. Um, He doesn't need to prove it any further because, like I said, dude, I'm all over the Packers. They're dominant. Watching them just kick the shit out of the Rams' defense just – it was it was a beauty to watch. Yeah, I was I was, I was surprised they put up thirty two. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna do the same to the Bucks defense. They're gonna he's, they're playing at Lambeau. Lambeau Magic's gonna kick in. It is what it is. Brady's gonna go home back to Florida. Rogers is gonna be in the Super Bowl. So does that mean you're taking uh, Packers and Bills for your Super Bowl then? Um. I guess if if Mahomes plays, it's different. But I would still be on Bills plus three if Mahomes played. Okay, but so close game. We can we can get into that for our gambling edition podcast. Yeah, just so. another quick plug, guys. Make sure to check that one out too. <laughs> but uh, in other NFL news, coaching the coaching search for all these teams has been going haywire. Yeah, especially during the news. the playoffs has been making it heat up and everything. Urban Myers coming to the pros. Dude, that's that's one of the hires I'm most excited for. I'm they, really excited to see it. Yeah, I feel like the Jags could turn around. Like, I mean, recently we saw the Browns just turn around after they had all these picks and everything. But I think the Jags could turn around within two years because, honestly, Urban Meyer is a great coach. Uh, he's not so much proven at the NFL level, but he's definitely proven at the college level. But they have the first-round pick, which is assumedly Trevor Lawrence, as long as they don't fuck up. And they have uh, 11 picks, including that. So that that's a pretty big draft class. They can definitely get a lot of guys out there that could help them. Uh, their defense really isn't that bad. They got James Robinson on offense. They just drafted LaVishka Chenault Jr., uh, at wideout last year, who DJ Chark's no slouch. Yeah, DJ Chark's no slouch either. They're they've got a decent team. It seemed like last year their problem was really just coaching. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to see this too because uh, Urban Meyer's a proven winner. He wins wherever he goes. Yeah, exactly. He won at Utah. He won at Florida. He won as soon as he got to Ohio State. Turned that program around his first year there. 
But um, well, you can, I don't know. You turned it around. Ohio State. He State's won ten Ohio games State. his first year. Yeah, but it's Ohio State. They don't. They were really never off the map. Yeah, I guess it's true. But back to my point is, college co- coaches have kind of had a so-so record in the NFL. I mean, even Saban didn't even make it in the NFL. Um, yeah. It, right now, uh, what's his name? Cardinals coach. I'm brain fart right now. Uh, it's not Bruce Arians anymore. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Kingsbury. Yeah, sorry. Kingsbury. Uh, he's been so-so. He had the second year. They went eight and eight, but that was long term. Um, I mean, I, the really the only coaches I can think back to. Pete Carroll is one guy that's made it successful. Coach at USC, successful at Seattle, um, and then. The two Cowboys coaches, though, the only other successful coaches that I can think of, and Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer that came from the pros, or came from the college ranks and uh, went from the pros outright, you know. So it'll be really interesting to see how he makes this jump, if Urban Meyer can also make this jump from college to pros. Yeah, I think uh, also if if anybody was going to do it, it would be Urban. He's one of those guys that, like you said, wins everywhere he goes. But it was crazy to see Nick Saban go to the pros and fail, kind of. He didn't really fail per se, but definitely didn't live up to his expectations when he coached the Dolphins. And then he I just mean, went right back, right back to college and did amazing again. I mean, they all usually they go about five hundred. They go a little bit less than five hundred. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at another one of the coaches right now is Matt Rule for the Panthers. Um, whether oh, or not, well, yeah, he's I like him. He's I doing too. great things. I, I like his offensive mind. Uh, it's going to be entertaining to see whenever he fully implements his scheme and what he can do in the league, especially if Teddy Bridgewater stays healthy. I think that's a great quarterback for him in his offense. I think they need somebody that can ball it out more than Teddy. Teddy's more of a game manager in my mind. I think he's a really good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. Yeah, I would so. agree with that. I, I think even since his injury, he's been a little bit different. But yeah, I can but. see that they do need a little bit more of a playmaker. The Jets, though, they hired Xerxes, Robert Sala. Hey, I like it. I like the hire. I think it's a good good pick. We'll see how it pans out. Um, interesting to see that they didn't get a, another offensive mind, but maybe they just felt so burned by offensive genius Adam Gase that oh, they yeah. felt that they should go the pinnacle the of offensive of the ball. coaching in the NFL. Which, yeah. I've seen, a, I've seen a trend so far in – these uh, recent coaching hires is they're going less with the um, wonderkins and um, you know geniuses, offensive or defensive, whatever it may be, and going more for leader of men. You know, yeah. The the Lions they hired Dan Campbell because he was a leader of men, but the guy they hired before him was the was the nerd rocket scientist. You know, yeah. So. You're kind of seeing this trend of being more towards leader and less of, you know, the the evil genius that's going to sit back and has the master plan. Well, can't really implement that plan because they're not very good communicators. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another example of kind of maybe not evil genius per se, but uh, an unexpected hire was whenever the Rams hired Sean McVay a few years back. Youngest coach ever to be hired. So, And I mean, you could even point to this year with Brandon Staley being hired by the Chargers. Yeah. He's only, I think, 34, and he only had one year as a coordinator in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, curious to see. I was really surprised they went with him as well. Yeah, we really thought 
um, it came out. Brian DeBall, offensive coordinator of the Bills, were was uh, the front runner, but uh, I guess I guess they didn't want to wait once Bills won that game, and um, they went with Brandon Staley. That would have been uh, sad to have seen uh, Josh Allen and him get broken up. Yeah, just after their first year, they started figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think, interestingly enough, though, in the AFC East, um, every single head coach now there now that Robert Saul is there is going to be a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah, I, yeah, that is weird to see, especially because if it really depends on what they do in the draft. Because if they take a quarterback, that's a different thing. But if they end up going the alternative route and drafting, say, Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle, then that means they're really focusing on building around Sam Darnold and, and developing him, which personally I would have given up on Darnold by now, but that's just me. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him there. Well, it all depends on what the offensive coordinator that Robert Sala brought along with him. He brought along uh, Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Um, Younger brother of Packers head coach. Yeah, I've heard good things about him. And, yeah, he was uh, the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. Um, I mean, hey, he's got the genes for it. So let's see what he can do. I'm excited to see how that Jets Jets program is going to turn out. Hopefully it'll be good because, I mean, I'm tired of all these talking heads at ESPN talking about how much the Jets suck. Like, we get it, Greeny. Yeah, well, that seemed to be the story of the year almost was how bad they were until – all of a sudden, at the end of the year, they just randomly won the game, and they tanked their tank, man. They lost their number one pick. Yeah. Um, Jet, I don't think I've ever seen a fan base more upset about a win. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Jets fans on Reddit were screaming into the night. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, even I, as a Bengals fan, the the Bengals decided to win all of a sudden in Week 15 against the Texans which put us at number five in the draft order and bumped the Dolphins up to number three because the Dolphins traded for the Texans' pick. So now we might That's not right. get Penny Sewell, yeah. Yeah, your suck for Sewell, your suck for Sewell campaign is uh, kind of dead in the water. Yeah, we went from bungle for Burrow to suck for Sewell, so we'll see what next year is. Well, hopefully Bur- Burrow just comes back healthy. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, and takes us to the playoffs. You never know. But outside of the uh, the big hires like Salah and Meyer, there's still a couple vacancies left. The only two really big vacancies left are the Philadelphia and Houston head coach, which I was pretty not surprised, say, that Doug Peterson got fired. But I think it was the way he got fired that surprised me. I'm not surprised he got fired, but it's still a little bit surprising because... He won them their only Super Bowl in franchise history. Yeah, exactly. Two or three years ago. But, I mean, he's been dog shit ever since. Yeah, and, and Carson Wentz has been dog shit ever since. God, and that's the biggest anomaly to me because I watched a lot of Eagles games that 2017 year because Wentz was on my fantasy team. And uh, he was a bad man. I was scared. As a Cowboys fan, I was scared because that man could ball that year. And then he got hurt, and he hasn't been the same since. But, like, I'm serious when I say this. I have not seen few players that could have do, that could do what 2017 Carson Wentz could do. He was a bad motherfucker. He was. He was really good. I, I It's honestly kind of 
tough for me to remember it now that I've seen so much of this uh, dog water Carson Wentz. <laughs> but, yeah, he was definitely a dog back in 2017. Yeah, he just forgot how to play football. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. I guess his ego couldn't take that. His backup won the Super Bowl, and he didn't, or whatever. But Yeah, well, now his, uh, maybe, his backup maybe just, just took his ACL. job. Yeah, backup now. Yeah, the current backup to Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, won the Super Bowl over him. Statues of his backup are being built. Maybe he can't. I don't know. Maybe his ego's getting in the way. But either way, I'm kind of enjoying it as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, um, of course. You know, it's always good to see your division rival uh, uh, have pain, especially when you're going through so much yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about Houston, man. What a fucking shit show. Dude, it's the whole organization is down the gutter right now. Deshaun Watson wants out. Uh, I have a blog up about that currently at uh, gtdsports.com. Um, <laughs> apparently there's this guy named Jack Easterby who's a former uh, chaplain for the Patriots who's now higher-ups in the Texas organization, and he convinced uh, the McNair family who owns the Texans to pray with him to for him to have the strength to find the organization and general manager. And immediately after that, he uh, he went and hired a guy that was within the New England organization. I can't remember his name. Um, and this was done without consultation of Deshaun Watson. And the Texas ownership group told Deshaun Watson that they would have his uh, input for a GM hire. So they basically went behind his back. So, yeah, that's fucked, especially for your franchise player that's on the yeah. edge of leaving. And to make it worse for Deshaun's situation is that they haven't interviewed, so they finally have interviewed Eric Bieniemy, but they took a really long time to do it. And it was clear from the start that Deshaun's favorite pick for the head coaching vacancy was going to be Bieniemy. He wanted Bieniemy for the man for the job. With good reason. Yeah, with good reason. I mean, he's going to be a great head coach. Um, but... It's just, it's in turmoil. I mean, they look, at one point, Bienemy said he didn't want the Texans job and he'd rather go to the Jets. And if you, from the outside looking in, if somebody wants to go to the Jets rather than your organization, yeah, wouldn't want to be a fan. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be wouldn't a fan there. Be a yeah. Fan. Yeah, it is just a shit situation. I mean, if I was Deshaun Watson, I, I'm he has good reason to leave. I would want to get out too. Yeah, I feel like this year alone is going to – if if they really get, have to trade Watson, then this year is going to is gonna set them back. Well, I think they're going to be set back for years if they lose Watson, especially right after right. losing DeAndre Hopkins. Like, it's not been a good string of a few years for the Texans. Yeah, they literally <laughs> – they drafted a franchise quarterback and then they floundered it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They've literally done one of the hardest things it is to to build an organization to build a team, which is to get the guy, a guy that can win you a Super Bowl at the quarterback position, and they fucked it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, and I also kind of just feel bad for Houston fans in general right now, because uh, not only did they lose DeAndre Hopkins, they might potentially lose Deshaun Watson, but they just lost James Harden in the NBA. <laughs> mm. So now we got a, a whole new, a brand new big three for the Brooklyn Nets. We got James Harden, KD, and Kyrie now, which it's still fuck KD. 
Oh, for ne- sure. Yeah, never forget that if, if you're listening. Fuck KD, always. <laughs> um, I think this is the most dislikable big three in the history of the NBA. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's it literally when I saw the tweet go out, it was a, a watch bomb, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski. I saw the tweet and I was just like, my first thought was, man, the NBA's back to being no fun anymore. Back to this typical stardom bullshit. Like, I don't want to see that, man. I want to see some competitive games. I want to see teams ballot out in the playoffs, not just superstars collabing for more money and stuff. Yeah, when I saw this, my gut reaction was. This is why the NBA will never be better than football. Because these these teams are basically, if you have a superstar, then you're held hostage by them. I mean, when you look at it, James Harden, he said he wanted Dwight. Well, they got Dwight. Well, then he wanted Chris Paul. They got Chris Paul. Well, then they wanted he wanted Brody. They went and got Brody, Russell Westbrook. And um, finally, they were like, hey, the team's kind of in a situation. We have to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, we're gonna, you have to bear with us for a little bit. He said, fuck this. Fuck this organization. I'm out. Trade me. I don't want to be with you. You guys suck. You treat me like shit. Get me out of here. Yeah, he threw a and, tantrum. Yeah, he threw a hissy fit. He showed up fat. He was going to strip clubs, eating fucking... Ugh. Looking looking pregame meal. James pregame meal Harden. Yeah, grow know. up, honestly. Uh, it makes it, it kind of. It, it's really frustrating because you want to see more polarity in the NBA. You want to see a more competitive league, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, but this is just taking away from that, and uh, it's just really frustrating to see, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think this. It's hard to compare this big three, you know, with uh, Kevin Durant's Golden State move and LeBron's move to Miami, but in general, it's just. This is the most recent one, so it's the most fresh on my mind. It just really puts me off the NBA, like you said. I'm tired of seeing the superstars kind of controlling it in that sense. And another example is on the same team as Kyrie Irving. Like, James Harden was manipulating the hell out of Houston, sure. But Kyrie wasn't necessarily manipulating Brooklyn, but he just didn't show up. Like, what the hell was that about? He just left. He didn't show up. We talked about it last episode, just how in general Kyrie's kind of a weird dude. But he just left and all of a sudden showed up again saying, uh, did you see his most recent press conference? I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. Such a weird dude. Yeah, and he it seemed like he avoided every question he could. And like they would say, um, did you guys talk about your departure like did you tell anything to your teammates before you left or what was going on there and he would just respond happy to be back happy to see the guys good to be here like and just super generic stuff and he was just sitting on the interview booth hands crossed head in his lap like yeah, looking I saw sleepy that. eyes uh, yeah and you I know feel like a baby yeah and I love Kyrie Irving as a player as a player I love watching Kyrie but it's dude it, it you know, I know you're more than an athlete, talking about political things, everything like that. I respect all that kind of stuff. And I also respect him for uh, all of his donations to charity and things like that. He's a good good person. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, you just got to grow up and do your job, man. If this was any other job in the NBA, he'd be fired. Kyrie Irving is a specimen of a human being. He is very interesting to watch from not even a basketball perspective, just as somebody who didn't know shit about sports. 
and he started telling them that all this shit that Kyrie Irving does, they would be amazed. They'd be so fascinated. Yeah. He is a human, living, breathing specimen. I mean, this guy, I mean, he thinks the earth is flat, you know? Yeah, that's another thing. Um, And I don't know why he's acting like this, because who knows what goes on in his head. Maybe he was been tripping on ayahuasca or <laughs> ayahuasca like, took a took a strip of tabs or something but well i mean the nba's drug testing protocol is a lot more chill than any other league so you never know i mean yeah seriously so i that that's really all i can say about Kyrie's just a specimen of a human being and I just want him to keep doing it, kind of, because it's it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, it's entertaining from a media standpoint, so I would be okay with seeing more of it. <laughs> but as a basketball fan, I want to see him on the court, and I want to see him playing. But, well, now that um, the new Big 3 is formed for the Nets, uh, I saw that the championship odds at a lot of sportsbook have spiked recently uh, in the, in favor of Brooklyn. So now that the big three is here, what do you think about their chances to win the championship this year? I don't even think they're going to make it to the finals. I agree. I think uh, I think they're going to lose to the Bucks if they even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think this team is going to implode. Yep. Um, I kind of hope not because I want Steve Nash to succeed. So yeah, I love Nash as a coach. Nash it's, is awesome. It's really the only guy that I want to see succeed on that team or that – not necessarily because I want to see the other guys fail. It's just I don't care for them to, to see them do great. But I would love to see Nash do great things. For sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to beat Giannis. Uh, and I damn sure don't think that they're going to beat LeBron in the finals. Yeah, I don't, I don't think LeBron's losing the finals this year no matter who he plays. I think he's on a mission. No, he's getting his repeat. Yeah, he's getting his repeat with the Lakers. It's, it's going to be a whole thing. And then, I mean, personally, I don't know where you stand. Where do you stand on the GOAT debate? Um, I, I'm i I'm Team Jordan, but uh, See, LeBron's LeBron catching there. up. Yeah, that's LeBron's what I was going to say. Up. He's, uh, he's chasing the ghost of Jordan hard, man. Yeah, that, that was going to be my point. Seen, I don't think I've ever seen it. Any sport whatsoever where you see an athlete try to be the greatest of all time as much as LeBron wants to be the greatest of all time and actively chase another player's legacy like LeBron does. Yeah, and it's not it's he does it in a great way too because he he respects Jordan, he idolizes his game after Jordan in some aspects and everything like that too. But we don't really have to get into the GOAT debate. We could do that for an hour long podcast if you wanted to. I could talk about the Jordan and LeBron debate all day. Six and oh. Hey, how many, how many uh, playoff series has he won without Scottie Pippen? Zero. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I talk, oh man, I could, I go back and forth with my, my dad and my brother all the time about this because they're big Jordan fans, but we could save that debate for another time. I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I think that LeBron is really going after this ring this year because if he does get one more ring, it really raises the question on who is the GOAT because I agree right now there's maybe some more points for Jordan but another ring for LeBron is hard to argue but but yeah back to the Nets I don't think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals either I think the Bucks are going to win this year as long as they don't choke in the playoffs like they did last year but I was fine with it because I'm a Heat fan so 
Yeah, if the Bucks lose again this year, there's going to be a narrative built on Giannis that he can't he can't perform in the playoffs. It's um, also going to be tough though because it's him versus the world. It seems like now. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't made it to the finals yet. He choked against the Heat. Um, if he doesn't make it for another third year in a row when he's um, arguably the best player in the league, then it's kind of hard not to talk about that. But we'll see. Sometimes it's bullshit. I mean, how old was Jordan until he finally... The same thing was said about Jordan. The same thing was said about Kershaw until he got his ring. I mean, you could still kind of say it about Kershaw. But besides the point, um, you know, I think I think a lot of that is uh, media hoopla. But yeah. sometimes there's merit to it. So we'll see. We'll see with Giannis. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like he has a, a bad team around him either. Like, he has Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. Not not a bad team. So well, didn't, didn't Bledsoe get traded? Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, Bledsoe went to uh, in the John Wall trade. That's right. Here. So John Wall is who I, I meant, not Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, do a quick little fact check. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, he plays for the Pels. Ah, uh, that's right, yeah. And then John Wall went to the um, the Bucks, right? No, he went to the the Rockets. That's why uh, James Harden wanted to leave because uh, they were not good enough. Damn, my whole I, I don't know where I'm thinking right now. That's Drew Holiday. They got Drew Holiday. That's that's, that's who I got it mixed up with. Drew Holiday. I knew he was a point guard. For some reason, I've always gotten John Wall and Drew Holiday's name mixed up. I guess it's the J, but either way, they're both ballers. So. All right, um, that's enough NBA talk. Let's go into UFC fights this weekend. Oh, yeah, there's a really, really big fight this week. I'm really excited for it. So before we get into the notorious Conor McGregor fight this weekend that, oh, my God, I'm so excited for. Um, what do you know about the main, uh, the undercards? Dude, honestly, this, this undercard is surprisingly small in comparison to uh, – what you would expect for a Conor McGregor event. Yeah, I looked at it. So I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I keep up with it. Like I watch all the, I don't watch the fight nights, but I'll watch all the big UFC events. And uh, I didn't recognize really any names on it for the most part. Yeah. Um, Like uh, here, I'm pulling it up right now just to make sure I can fact check that. But I know that, um, Khabib's cousin just won a fight the other night, though. That was that was interesting to see. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, I mean, Khabib's whole that, family are some badasses, man. Well, I'm pretty sure they fight bears out in Russia. But back to this undercard. What what do you know about it? Yeah, so outside of the McGregor fight, we got Dan Hooker against Michael Chandler, which that one actually should be a pretty good fight. And it's still same weight class as McGregor, lightweight fight. Um and then we got a the the main event in the women's is Joanne Calderwood and Jessica I, and Jessica I is a beast. So and she's she's currently listed as the underdog. So I wouldn't sleep on that fight though. That one'll be pretty good. But other than that, there really isn't any too many big names on the undercard. So we'll see though, because there's always some some big names that come out of these type of fights. Because I can guarantee you this will be one of the biggest pay-per-view events of the year simply because of Connor's name. Oh, yeah. Dana White's not going to put scrubs out there underneath Connor McGregor. He's yeah. going to make sure that he's going to showcase. Honestly, you know what he might be doing? 
is he might be showcasing some lesser known names just so they can get more hype because of how big this, uh, how many people are going to be watching. Yeah, I wouldn't for be surprised sure. if that's what he's doing because he wants to see. Um, that's, that's I mean, it's just a smart way to grow the game because if we see somebody ball out tonight, then I'm going to want to watch him. You know, later on, like a guy that I could think of that I saw on a Conor McGregor on the undercard was Cody Garbrandt a couple years ago. Oh yeah, Garbrandt's was, a big name now. Yeah, and he was electric, and then he turned into a big game, and I started following his career a little bit. So I mean, that's probably what he's what he's doing here. Um, yeah, Dana White's but, a great promoter. Yeah, there's a reason why ESPN or UFC got that ESPN deal. It's because Dana White, he just knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does a great job about that. And speaking of promoting, there's been a lot of hype surrounding the McGregor fight um, against Poirier. I mean, it's not the first time they fought. If you remember last time they fought, uh, McGregor got a knockout in the first three minutes. It so, beat the shit out of him. Yeah, beat the shit out of him. But <laughs> I've seen Poirier's been talking in a lot of interviews and everything saying that last time he thinks the hype got to him and he let Connor get in his head, but this time he's just ignoring everything. And I don't know. Personally, I think McGregor's favored for a reason. I think he's going to take care of business again. But I don't know if it's going to be exactly how McGregor's predicting it because I saw the other day he he said that he's going to knock Dustin out in 60 seconds. So everybody's been saying that Poirier's gotten better. Um even McGregor acknowledged that, that he's a lot better fighter than the last time that they faced off. So I think McGregor's still going to win, but I think it's going to be a longer fight. And I also watched a McGregor interview, and he kind of talked about, like, oh, it's going to be a knockout, but, like, you don't want it to be a war. You're not prepared for it to be a war. And, um, and the reporter asked him, well, are you, do you want it to be a war, like a longer fight? And he was like, yes, I would welcome it. I would welcome the challenge. So I think it's actually going to be, it's not going to be a quick knockout. It's going to be a longer drawn out fight, but I think, I think the notorious, the notorious Conor McGregor is going to pull it out. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I could totally see that happening. Maybe a but three, that, four on fight. Yeah, but that's also a little bias. I just, I love Conor McGregor. It's hard um, not to, man. He's so entertaining. <laughs> so damn entertaining. I mean, I he's part of the talk. reason that I got into the MMA. I, I really became a Same. UFC fan probably about two, three years ago, when around the time Connor was first getting big. So I, it wasn't necessarily all because of him. I had a few friends that helped me start watching the fights and get into it. But now it's one of my favorite things to do on a Saturday is sit down, fight night, watch all the undercards. But this one's going to be something special. Yeah, I will say a week Connor McGregor is um, less good for the UFC than a than a. Um, invulnerable conor mcgregor yeah and i like how you too how you mentioned uh he would welcome the fight you know the war what whatnot uh i saw also an interview or a video tweeted by the bt sports twitter and it was a graphic going through mcgregor's like training process and stuff and it was really dramatic he was saying like i don't feel the pressure I feel free in the octagon. I live in the octagon. And he was just, you know, some psycho shit. But you got to be psycho. That's what he said. You got to be psycho to be in the MMA and step in the octagon. But that's that's how he lives. That's what he lives for. So, yeah, I could totally see him coming out on top this weekend, depending on how Poirier does. If he if Poirier gives into the hype again, then I think it, it could just as easily be a first-round knockout again. I don't know. We'll see Saturday, though. Yeah, for sure. But um, 
What's been going on this week that most people don't know about is the Blast Premier Final for 2020, which for those of you who don't know, is the biggest um, contest in for CSGO esports. And I know a lot of people don't watch CSGO esports, but I'm telling you right now, it's fucking electric, okay? <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's because the first time I watched CSGO was when I bet on it. But my God, it is a roller coaster ride. It is so much fun. There's so much technicality to the game. Um, I appreciate it so much. I'll, uh, I was even watching it today a little bit when I was writing a blog post for uh, GTDSports.com, um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's just it's it's very entertaining. I think people should give it a chance, and I also think that it's the future. Yeah, it is. I think esports is the future for sure, which is also something. That I'm glad we're talking about because I think that's going to be it's one of those subjects where not really every media outlet or blog and whatnot nobody really covers it too much and I feel like especially with our generation it's becoming more and more popular I myself have never like been super into it until recently I've really started noticing things going on uh, like you said CSGO has always been a pretty big game um like right now, Valorant is becoming a pretty big game in the esports scene. And then, of course, there's uh, the big names like League of Legends, which, you know, I, my opinion, I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's the most popular. Yeah, Dota 2 as well. It's another League of Legends type game. Yeah, um, things like that are always popular. Those are really popular in the Asian countries. That's why they're so That's why they're so big and they make so much money. Yeah, it's in the esports they go, scene. They go fucking nuts for that shit, dude. Yeah. And they Europe and Asia, they go fucking nuts. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, like, the, the League of Legends final, but people are chanting, going crazy. It's a fully packed stadium, and just these just dudes on a computer just on this little square stage just going at it with the big screen up. I mean, like, when, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of dumb. But, like, honestly, thinking about it, that's awesome. Like, I, I want to see that more... I want more content, and I want to bet on it more. Oh, it is. Um, especially betting on it makes it, like you said, just fucking electric, man. Watching, especially I've bet on random shit like cricket or darts, and I'll watch it. And just everything is way more entertaining when you got some money on the line. But esports is definitely one of those things. My uh, One of my favorite ones to watch recently has been Rocket League. Uh, my roommate kind of got me into it back in the day. And a lot of people may recognize, like, I don't know, I know a bunch of people use TikTok nowadays, so it went viral on TikTok, like this audio of a really famous Rocket League match. I forgot the teams. I think it was NRG and G2 Sports. Um, and they were in like overtime. There was zero seconds on the clock. And then they scored a last second goal to tie it up. And like the announcer was just like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and everybody was going crazy. So that kind of stuff just makes it so entertaining. Yeah, it's um I think it's definitely something that we're checking into, especially too because um it's so available. They make it so available on Twitch streams or YouTube streams, so it's really easy to get into. You know, it's usually during the day. It's something to kind of hold us over until like real sports come around that week. Um, yeah, for you know. sure. And it's just something to turn on, maybe even like while you're doing homework or something. Twitch is just super easy to have. And it's become way more popular with our generation. It's 
seems like a big Gen Z kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we just have to get it more popular here in the States. A lot, most of the pro players are, uh, are European. There's, you know, a lot of German guys, French guys, uh, Scandinavian teams. And one of the teams that's really good right now is uh, Furia who plays for Brazil and they're all from Brazil. So, oh, okay. um, but I'm telling y'all now jump on the hype train for esports. It's going to be the future. You won't regret it. See, I'm, I'm getting on board now. I'm I'm hopping on right now. I got to get myself into it a little bit more. Yeah, it's just, it's worth it. There's so much to it. There's so much technicality with all those, with each game. There's so many things that make it very interesting, especially to me. Like CSGO, like, um, you wouldn't know it by watching someone play it on a stream, but it's actually one of the hardest games to play. Oh, I've played that. And that's it is hard. Yeah, you get wrecked. Um, it's not like COD where you just pick up and you start dicking on some 10-year-olds, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's different. Like, it's the big leagues. So it's it's just really fun to watch from an outsider's perspective. I've even never played these games myself. I just know. Because um, I have a friend who's uh, who's trying to make it pro for CS right now. And he's he's told me a lot about it and made me appreciate it even more. Yeah, so. I mean, it is it is an art, you know. It's, it's something you really have to practice. And it's a craft that you have to perfect. Um, there's a lot that goes into it a lot more than I thought because even I, I recently got a PC so I've been dabbling in a little bit of video games but nothing too much and that shit's hard man I suck yeah it takes a while yeah but another thing too that'll probably be making it big is that I've noticed um, some of these some some companies like social media companies are doing uh, warzone tournaments too yeah, so that's that's something that's going to really help out the esports scene. It's going to probably for people to get their feet wet because I mean, Call of Duty and Warzone can only get so competitive in terms of like you know teams and going at each other and matches and all that. So I don't yeah, know. For, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah, and for some reason Fortnite's still popular, but I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about Fortnite. Yeah, fuck Fortnite. <laughs> anyway, I um I agree though. Like you said, uh, you. You said it needs to be more popular in America first. I agree. More people should get into it. And I think our generation is starting kind of the wave of people getting into it. Um, and outside of esports, though, another sport I personally think should be bigger in America, and it definitely has been bigger in recent years, is soccer, a.k.a. football, depending on where you're from. But... There's really not much going on, no big news right now in the in the soccer world, but everybody from America knows who Lionel Messi is, and everybody knows who Barcelona is just because of Lionel Messi, it seems like. So if you're a soccer fan, stay tuned. We're going to be dabbling a little bit more into soccer down the line, talking about Premier League, Bundesliga, all the big leagues in Europe, uh, if there's any big news coming. But right now, Lionel Messi, there's been rumors that he could be leaving Barcelona which I don't know if I'm buying it, but and I, I just couldn't imagine living in a in a world without Lionel Messi at Barcelona. It's just all I've ever known. Um, yeah. So to our listeners, um, when we talk about soccer, uh, I Ryan knows a lot about soccer. It's he my shit. Is, yeah, he's 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 for real about it. I know a little bit. I play FIFA a little bit. I'm not. I'm trying That's to get more starts, into man. it. So how it's going to work is Ryan is going to be our guide and I'm going to be more representative of you, the audience, of the dumb American soccer only 
soccer fan knowing pretty much just about Ronaldo and Messi. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about Messi. So I knew, I think it was uh, this summer, he was unhappy with Barcelona. He wanted to get moved and he wanted to start playing. He wanted um, Barcelona, he was unhappy because Barcelona didn't go and try and get Neymar back. Um, and so, but he, he then decided that he was going to stay with the team. So what's going on with that right now? Yeah, so like you said, it kind of did start with the Neymar situation, and it, it was also messy just in general. He was frustrated um, that it seemed like the organization wasn't trying hard to go out and get new players during the transfer windows. Um, but the main thing was, at one point it came out in a few interviews and stuff that like the head honchos of Barcelona kind of painted Messi out to be some troublemaker within the club saying that, oh, he's demanding more money and stuff like that. He won't take a pay cut, yada, yada. But, I mean, the way I see it and the way Messi sees it, he's been there since he was a teenager. He's given his life to this club. He's He is responsible for all of this club's success, arguably. So it was just kind of baffling to see all this go down. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Messi's been on the cover of every other FIFA game since yeah. we were kids. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean... I mean, he he went he got to the pro level at the club when he was sixteen, right? Yeah, sixteen was uh, I'm like ninety percent sure sixteen was his first start as a professional player for Barcelona. Yeah, that's nuts, and he's done only just flat out put Barcelona. Well, I guess they were already globally on the map. They've always been a great team, but I mean, yeah, he he's been the he best solidified the them as like you know a I guess a dynasty is like what we would call it in America and everything. They really yeah. are kind of a dynasty, so... I mean, do you know how many um, Spanish League titles that he's brought him and how many UFEA championships that he's brought him? I mean, he's done so much. I don't know, I'm just saying, like, they're one of the great teams, so... Yeah, he he's won uh, four Champions League trophies, I know that, which is absurd. Yeah, that's not even just the Spanish League, that's Champions League. So he's won Barcelona four of them, he's won... 10 La Liga titles, oh, which, yeah, yeah, and eight Spanish Super Cups, six Copa del Reyes. They've, they've won quite a bit, so it's tough to say whether it's all on Messi because, of course, they always have great players. But it's weird, though, because all these rumors have been linking him to teams that I really wouldn't expect. Uh, like the latest rumor I heard was that he's being linked to PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and... That's that's where Neymar went, if you don't know. And Neymar went, he was sold from Barcelona to PSG for a record-breaking 227 million euro deal. Like, absolutely absurd. Completely changed the market of European market forever. And now they're talking about Messi going to PSG. How, how would they afford that? Like, you know, there's no way they can afford both of them. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where Neymar wanted to go, right? Yes. Yeah, he, he wanted to go to destination. PSG. Yeah. And then, it, I think last season, he was unhappy at PSG because the French League is pretty watered down. And it's, it's it's a farmer's league, man. It's bad. Yeah. So, I mean, Pierre Saint-Germain is really the only team with money. Um, and it's like, it's kind of like baseball because there's no salary cap. So, it's really only the teams with money that do well, right? Yeah, uh, to an extent, yeah. Like another okay. team, another team that's uh, in the same boat is Manchester City, which they're pretty famously known for having a bunch of oil money from their owners, 
because they're all rich, like natural gas oil owners and stuff like that. But yeah, so he's also been connected with Manchester City because their current manager, Pep Guardiola, is Messi's former manager at Barcelona. And like they had a really good relationship. They won a lot of trophies together. So people have been talking about him going to Manchester and reuniting with Pep. But another destination people have said I've seen is uh, an MLS retirement, which for us would be awesome. If he comes to the MLS, we can watch him every now and then whenever he comes through to our city. Soccer would get so much bigger if oh, it was yeah. an MLS retirement. Yeah, because, I mean, think about whenever David Beckham came to America. Yeah. Everybody knows who David Beckham is. Everybody. Even if you don't know soccer, you know who David Beckham is. So another name like Lionel Messi would just blow up, I think, in America. I mean, we were kids when that happened, but that was a that was a big deal. I remember my dad talking about it because that was a sport he played growing up, and he was really excited that David Beckham was coming to soccer, and to play soccer in America. I mean, and um, if Messi if Messi came over here for his last two years, um, a forty year old Lionel Messi is still going to be better than the twenty three year olds that are out playing for the MLS right now yeah so it'd be really awesome if he came and did that and I hope he does I I kind of like too that the MLS has kind of been a um a place uh where uh all-stars in Europe come out to pasture and just kind of kind of go kind of come in their their careers yeah in their career their, their, their twilight years I think it's really good to grow the game here um so that that would just be flat out awesome if Messi and also too if Ronaldo decided to join Messi too. <laughs> yeah, there Ronaldo has said that he would not be against an MLS retirement. Cause another recent example is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. Um he has had a pretty long career playing for over like twenty years. He's played for Milan, PSG, Barcelona, a bunch of famous clubs. And he's also on the Sweden international team. But he's a legend. And he came over to LA Galaxy a few years ago. He he came. There's a bunch of tweets about this. Zlatan came. Zlatan conquered. Zlatan left. He just came, dominated all the score sheets, had the most goals. Like, he, he was going off. And then he went back to Europe, and now he's playing for Milan. So, Didn't he shit on the MLS? Yeah. Yeah, His I remember his first 10 minutes in the game, like, being subbed on. He scored a goal from nearly midfield just banger over the goalie's head no but like publicly though like didn't he uh didn't he say some less than oh um yeah things about the mls as a league yeah yeah he wasn't the biggest fan that's why he left so <laughs> which i mean fair enough if you're coming from really established leagues like syria and la liga and everything over in europe then that makes sense for for you to be upset with the MLS, but I, they're, they're still growing. And yeah, like like we were talking about, players like Messi coming over for retirement would be awesome. So as yeah. sad as it would be to see Messi leave Barcelona, just because that's all I've ever known, uh, it would be really cool to see him come over to America so I could catch a Messi game every now and then. No kidding. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like with the MLS, we just have second and third tier athletes as uh american soccer players because all of our best athletes are either playing football or basketball yeah true we're we're on the come up though we got a christian pelusic he's he's a stud he's playing over at chelsea right now and he previously played at dortmund correct yeah dortmund okay and he did really good for dortmund so 
he's making a name out of himself. He was starting on their first team when he was only 18 years old. And uh, don't we have another kid that's about to start playing for Barcelona, a defenseman? What's his name? Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, it, I think he's about 19. He's really young. He's starting. To, it's the first ever American to start for Barcelona. So I guess we're coming up. But at the same time, though, it's kind of hard to make the American League uh, reach its fullest potential when you have literally our best prospects going over to Europe to play. Yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, but exactly. Maybe, maybe we'll make some uh, World Cup splashes. You never know. Time. Last time they got a, we America got eliminated by Trinidad and Tobago, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, just to clarify, his name is Serginho Dest, is the first American to play for Barcelona, which is a pretty big accomplishment because that's a club that players dream of playing for, so... Well, I think that's going to do things for us for this episode. Uh, we covered quite a bit, all the way from NBA to divisional round, coaching hires, Conor McGregor. So we'll be back with another episode next week. And stay tuned for Elijah and I to post our gambling edition, where we'll preview this weekend's playoff games and give our picks. And we'll also talk more about the Conor McGregor fight night and even some picks for soccer, NCAA basketball, things like that. So stay tuned for more. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And, yeah. uh, see you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>